Hello and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howard and I'm joined as ever by my best friend, tallest friend, wisest friend and oldest friend, Christopher Edward Taylor. And I have an apology. <laughs> it has come to my attention that uh, my behaviour throughout the uh, the previous episodes of Hearty Dice Friends has been uh, unbecoming of a man as befitting my stature. Because, you see, I've been drinking tea out of mugs. You and mugs. mugs are very noisy uh, things. They, uh, they, they, like you, you gulp out of them, and they, they, they leave big ceramic twangs when you put them down on the table. And apparently, uh, sorry, sorry, I never mind. Apparently, I've been informed <laughs> that um, that that, uh, that my poor, tall, giant friend Christopher Taylor has to slave over a hot audacity window every single week. Cutting out my slurps and bangs. <laughs> slurps and bangs. Which was the original title for the podcast. <laughs> I'm slurps. And he's bangs. Wait, hang on. I can't be both. Yeah, you can. <laughs> slurps and bangs and his imaginary friend, Christopher Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the mugs would be fine if I was any good with audacity at all. And, I don't know, man. And you have to get rid of it. I slurp. It's also the way that I'll, 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 like, I'll, like, I'll be midway through a sentence and I'll slurp out a big mouthful and then slam that mug down as I'm just saying like the point of the sentence. Yeah, it's difficult and, again, yeah. not great in audacity, as people no. listening to this are painfully aware. Well, yes, yeah, so my sincere apologies. I have... I have uh, we've shifted the recording uh, window um, to... like we, we didn't used to have a regular window for recording. Uh, but now, thanks to the fact that Chris's house is being um, dismantled or remantled, or definitely mantled in some way, yeah. definitely climbed. <laughs> Somebody's vaulting over it really heavily. By a, uh, it's, be- it's being fucked with by a team of noisy experts. Crack uh, between... elite and crack team. <laughs> Drill havers. Mm. Uh, basically, the big daddy from Bioshock <laughs> is uh, is clambering all over your house trying to get in. Yes. Between the hours of 9am and 5pm every weekday. Um, and we don't like working on weekends. I mean, I'll be honest with you, listener, we don't really like working on weekdays. <laughs> <laughs> as our output shows. But we don't like working on weekends. So um, we and, and, and also, we don't like doing things before the absolute last minute. Mm. So we have begun recording um, at 7.30 in the morning. There's one in the morning, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Friday. Yeah. And it if I'm to function at seven thirty in the morning, I need a cup of coffee and a cup of tea. I mean that is entirely fair. Tea to tea to bring me in, real gentle like, and then coffee to 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 slap me on my bum and 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 put me on my way. <laughs> Usher you out the door like a fifties housewife. <sighs> Leave that one in. Yeah. That, that one's indicative. Tea to keep my slippers warmed by the fire as I come home from work. And coffee to rub me off and give me some cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> to make my day imaginative and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yes, that's that's what's happened this week. Is I started <laughs> drinking coffee. I've mainly just been yelling at Grant about his mugs. That that's yeah, that's our week. Yeah, yeah. I I I received I received like on on multiple occasions I received input about my mug use <laughs> throughout the last week. So you you'll be pleased to hear it's finally stuck. So I'm going to do my best to keep it quiet. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put down a little notebook underneath my mugs. Oh. To absorb, to absorb the sound. I'm going to fill my mouth with tissue paper to absorb the slurps. <laughs> That's for the best, I think. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> shall, shall we go to questions? Very good. Please, ask me a question Let's and I'll sit questions. deliciously on my tea. Okay, No asks, which RPG, as printed, would make the most effective weapon in hand-to-hand combat? Mm. Mm. This is this is really the sort of question we were born to answer. It, isn't it? It's, it, it's, is, it's essentially who would have been in a fight. This is the gearbox of our wheelhouse. <laughs> what? what is a wheelhouse? It's where you steer a boat from. Oh, is it? I have no that idea. That makes sense. Well, it makes a lot more sense than than anything I was thinking. I was thinking some sort of coaching in. That could work. No. no. Okay. So the obvious answer for me, uh, both in terms of theme and heft, is Zweihander. <laughs> Zweihander. So, like, it's from from what I can tell, it's several editions of Warhammer Fantasy, all pushed into the same giant book by one large man. It is a massive book. Plus, it has instructions for use on the cover. Does it? Zweihander. Use, use both hands to pick it up and throw it around. Is that what Zweihander means? Uh, yeah, two-handed. Like, <laughs> no, I sorry. Sorry. I, I meant like, does it mean use two hands to pick it up and throw it around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chris, you've never read Zweihander, have you? No, I have not. No, it's, I, it's longer than I like to really try and read. I, I and 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 also like it's quite a heavy book, and we have we have the the, the thin effect arms of games designers, so we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to mess around lifting up really heavy books. Arms better suited for thinking with. Mmm. Yes. Or perhaps list, uh, perhaps lifting a single unfiltered cigarette to my lips or your lips and seeing what happens. <laughs> really awaiting a pre-peeled grape. <laughs> it's like limply clapping <laughs> to bring through someone with a grape. Just knocking over a bell. A Since <laughs> Spooking a lap Dank. Yes, that's the great bell. Um, uh, I'm putting forward Zweihander. What would, what would you put forward? Uh, see, my, my plan, mm-hmm. as ever, is to bamboozle my assailant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will be wielding a copy of Continuum. Continuum? Yeah, so it's, a, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not a thin book. But it's not definitely not Zweihander size. What's Continuum again? So Continuum is role playing in the next. Right. It's a time travel RPG. Oh, that's fun. But it's a very rules heavy time travel RPG. Oh, great! So, <laughs> like, imagine, imagine if Rifts had rules for extensive time loops. Jesus Christ. Okay. So my plan is to just hit them with it once and hope that as I sort of throw it at them. Mm-hmm. It falls open on a page, and they accidentally read something, and just Whoa. go. What? Meanwhile, I jump them. <laughs> so it's a it's a bit like the uh, the old sort of uh, the the the, fe- the duelists defenses technique of having like a cape or a handkerchief in one hand. Yes, I, I'm I'm something of a role playing matador. A, a brightly co- 
And while your reading continuum, I've I've uh, I've thrown four or five harpoons into your into your flanks to slow you down. <laughs> Using one pages like knives. I'd also like to put forward an invisible sun. Oh, good good shout! That's a foot square cube. Yeah, the same way that Warden. So so I'm going to. Um, I'm sitting there on my on my game designer's chalange. Um, looking for my spooked lapdog and and gr- grasping around blindly for my for my tumbled bell because uh, I've run out of grapes, uh, and you're there, you bastard, coming around to coming around to to, to do a do a mischief on me. <laughs> and you see me there, looking all soft and tired. And you're like, now's the time for Chris to shine. And you're the, you're there with your copy of Continuum, but little do you know, I've I've built a sort of pit trap out of the cube. <laughs> I've just left the cube on the floor, and you're going to fall over it. <laughs> It's not. It's not unlikely. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, it, but it's like um, it's the it's the, like the equivalent of getting a mate to kneel down on the floor behind somebody and pushing them. Yeah. Thanks, Monty. <laughs> That's what I've, that role playing game's for. I've dug. Uh, I've 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 unfilled the cube and 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 uh, and opened it out into a um into a pit trap and then I've covered it not with leaves but with cards. Because there are over there are over thirty thousand cards in each copy of Invisible Sun, and you you sneak up with your with your Zweihander and your one page shuriken, and you you tumble down the full foot and a half. <laughs> the cube folds up like a man trap. The cube folds up like a man trap, closing around your leg. You tumble backwards. What's behind you? The hand up your bum. Straight away, just whoomph. Straight, straight away, working as intended, and now I have control over you because because my hands up your bum. <laughs> I don't think that's how the hand works. But how do you think Monty Cook gets all his games published? Oh. It's not because they're good. He's he's implanted hands. Sorry, I want to say that was me saying the games are good, but that's not why. Rather than the games are bad. Right. Um. Yeah, he's got he, he's maybe he he's got hands in all the big movers and shakers. <laughs> he's got hands in a lot of pies. Yeah, you know the phrase a finger in every pie? <laughs> it means a resin hand and assholes. They <laughs> changed it to be more family friendly. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um either that or like um GURPS and you just push the push the stack over on someone. Yeah, you just sort of close the you know those library stacks that you have to wheel with mm-hmm. a with a hand crank to move. You just crush mm. somebody in there between different editions. Like, like, like again. You come in to my to my boudoir to come and to come and punch me with your powerful fists, uh, and then you realise that it was just a cardboard cutout of me, um, <laughs> blindly grasping for a bell. And you come into the you come into the maze that I built out of rift supplements, <laughs> which I then start pushing down on you as you come in, just like machine gunning them. Absolutely. Anyway, ask me a, ask me a yeah. question. Ask me a proper question. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sergeant Bilko writes in, Hey, Billy. Have just started playing the new Apocalypse World campaign. World building went well, but Character Gen left us with a trio of flavour characters who have little in the way of useful move-the-action-forward skills. How can I help maintain momentum in a way that doesn't look like I'm quarterbacking the whole party? That sounds like a sex thing when you put it like that, It really it? does, yeah. Um... First off, why are you afraid of quarterbacking the whole party? Well, disease. Embrace. Oh, okay. Embrace yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Like, so Apocalypse World 
you might you might not move the plot forward, but you get to do your own thing very very evocatively and effectively. And I think if people have picked that, that's kind of what they're interested in. Yeah, like they've signalled that that's the thing they want to do. So mm. they've kind of left that driving force because they don't want it. So you're probably fine. Yeah, here's where you come in, Billy. We're going to call you a sort of secondary GM. You know, you know how the Stegosaurus had a brain in its tail to move its tail around. Well, the GM has got a GM in its tail, by which I mean the group and you. <laughs> that was that was contorted. God, God, it's early, <laughs> isn't it? So, what you need to think of is you need to think of yourself as the GM's helper rather than someone who's bored. Now, will this change your behaviour in any measurable way? Absolutely not. But it's what I tell myself. <laughs> uh, that the, the GM must want this to uh, to have to, to have the game just propelled forward at, at, at an uncanny speed, because otherwise everyone just sort of plods around. You know, the game doesn't happen, and it's boring. And they need someone to grab the plot and throw it through a through a plate glass window, and that's you. Yeah, and like the characters that do push things forwards in uh, Apocalypse World do it real well. Mm. So just lean into it, like enjoy being that that person. Like, hey, 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 we're going on holiday. Come oh, on, yes, yes. Yeah, schemes are good. Mm. I think, like, or like, um, part of the problem I found with this, and like, I often find if if, if there's it's like if, if there's a player who isn't me who's pushing things forward, and I get quite quite um, frustrated and upset because it's not me. You don't like other people talking. Oh, like. Like, it's difficult. I, I have to mute you a lot mm-hmm. while, we're, while we're recording this podcast, otherwise you really get in the way. Nah, if there's someone who starts dictating my character actions, I want to push them down a cliff. Yeah. I absolutely fucking loathe that. I don't mind if the, if, like, if the GM does it. Okay. We've rolled the dice and the GM's like, oh no, you're too scared to go in there. Cool, okay, I'll roll with that, whatever. But like, the a player will a, a player will come forward and, and be like, okay, it's a heist. You do this, you do this, you do this. And it's like, well, I guess I, guess I get to roll the dice. Yeah, and that that can be quite frustrating. So what I would recommend is that you get your character in so much trouble that other players need to act, and then you <laughs> and then you bring them in on the joke. Yeah, I mean, or alternatively, if you're doing the the heist plan that you were just talking about, mm. you say, "Look, I we need somebody to do this, and then make them pick their own part of the mission." Right? Like, what do your strengths mm. tell me? We'll work around that. Yeah, and as, yeah. as long as you're coming up with the scheme and not dictating the scheme. Yeah, then there's a lot of space for them to to really enjoy themselves and to use their their weird and flavorful abilities. If you can think of yourself as well, kind of like a almost like a spotlight. Mm. So so like so like so like that's the other thing. The plot doesn't need to move forward. It's nice when it does. It's not required. There's no audience aside from you, and as long as you're all having fun, it doesn't super matter. Exactly. I think that you can you can have like oh um like uh what one of the best behaviors I've seen uh in players is noticing when a when a player what like when another player is reticent to join in or unsure of themselves or hasn't quite hasn't quite found their character yet and bringing that player in on role playing scenes. Yeah, that is that's that's almost tremendous fun. Like and and like doing it out of character and saying, actually, I'd like to role play this through with you. Is there any reason we can come up with for our characters to have done this together? Yeah, and like the way that the game unfolds is going to be subtly different to the way that the game was written, as it were. If you've got flavor characters, mm. for, for instance, um, I'm playing in a Forbidden Lands campaign at the moment, mm. um, and it has this plot of oh, something apocalyptic's going on. It's terrible. The 
Winter King is reawakening. Uh, we oh, no. do not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> we occasionally bump into it and it's a bit of a problem. But what we're basically doing is learning all the crafting skills and going around and trying to find a nice place to live. Oh, that sounds nice. Like most of the NPCs we're meeting at the moment are bakers uh, rather than like terrifying orc tribes or what have you. But like we met a baker. I made a good friends with a blacksmith. Great. That sounds like a really chill time. Right? Like it's most of our game has been doing mundane jobs. And I mean a good four sessions Mm. we spent in town doing mundane jobs. You having fun? Yeah, it's lovely. Wonderful. And that's the thing, like, I am, my character has uh, have been in one combat mm. in maybe six sessions. Aren't you like combat focused as well? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have, I can smith and combat. That's it. Mm. I you cannot, don't have a mouth. No, I cannot no. do anything else. And it's fantastic. Mm. It's great fun. And like, the, the game will shape itself around the mm. characters in it. And as long as everybody's having fun, it's all fine. It's all fine, isn't it, Billy? Chill yeah, out, basically man. Basically fine. Have, have a beer. Calm down. It's all right. Ready not. And if all else fails, simply uh, do what I do and make all the players so uncomfortable the game stops. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be advertising that you make games uncomfortable. Well, I, I, I believe that honesty is an important part of podcasting. Okay. <laughs> Ask me a question, Chris. All right. Mikey asks, how do you make resisting and enduring things as interesting and fun as hitting and lying to things? You don't. It's not possible. Okay. (laughs) It is one of the biggest challenges we've faced as games designers. It is games are, as far as I'm, I'm going to sort of get into game design theory here. Games are about act activity, about acting on the world. Like there, there is a necessity to place the onus of action on the players. Otherwise, if it's just a reactive game, that's not very interesting. Mm-hmm. You end up with, oh, these NPCs are doing this thing. Oh, I guess we'll do that. And like for a story to feel interesting and uh, engaging, more, more, moreover, the player actions have to have an effect on the world, and they need to feel like, if not like they're in charge, like they're they're making a difference. They have they have a feedback loop. You know, yeah. So many things, especially in Western literature, you have you have these you have these doing words. You know, like it's 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 about it's about um, especially when you, when you look at the uh, the procedural nature of role playing games. You know, so I'm going to investigate this. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to overcome this challenge. You know, yeah. Whereas endurance, uh, resistance, resilience, whatever you want to call it, is stuff that's happening to you, and you say no, I will not change. Yes. And there's something quite boring about that. It is it is uh, like endurance is the refusal is, is the refusal to act on outside forces. Which doesn't make for a great story. Is there some way to shift that then? To shift it to proactive endurance? Go on. The, that was a question rather than uh, an explanation. Okay. <laughs> That's why I had a question mark in it. I think so. I think like like one potential way would be to make it a resource that you spend. Mm-hmm. But like, like something which you actively choose to spend. So the hit points are a resource, but you don't choose whether to, to to consume them yeah and they are they are entirely passive yeah interesting thing like there's there's very few abilities in dnd which use hit points i can't think of any off the top of my head yeah i can't think of any that are like um use six damage mm. to do x that doesn't crop up and I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of interested as why because they're they're a resource that every creature in the, in the world has and even doors yeah um there's a, there's an interesting feature of the druid class in emberwind mm. um which very much use is it spiritualist i can't remember one of the that uses hit points as resource Mm. so there's one sort of tree you can go down essentially that means when you cast this spell 
half your hit points. Ooh. And it's amped by the amount of hit points you just lost. Oh, that's nice. I like that. So you can keep casting it. Like, it'll never actually kill you. Yeah, it's Zeno's arrow. Yeah. yeah. And when it gets down, when, when you get down to one hit point and half it, you can still cast it. It just doesn't do any it's just, extra damage. It's just rubbish. Um, and then... That's kind of cool. Because they're, again, I can't remember if it's Druid or Spiritualist, they've got loads mm. of heal over times. Mm. So they can keep themselves topped up and keep replacing it. That sort of stuff. But it's really yeah, interesting having fun. somebody manipulate their own hit points in a game that is already actually fairly lethal. Mm. Um, you can just knock your you just knock your hit points down by half. Mm. So that's proactive. I mean, admittedly, that is resisting something to hit something. It's like at that point, what what, what you're doing is spending that resource. Uh, you're spending later hits. You're like you're putting yourself in more of a dangerous position. Yeah. Later on. I think like having having endurance is like cool. I have six endurance points, and I can choose when to spend those. So so like I'm playing a tank, right? Yeah. Uh, and let's say everyone has uh, uh, everyone has a small amount of hit points, and I'm playing a tank. And as a tank, I get six tank points, and when I spend these, I half the damage I take. Yeah. Or you could spend two to do something mm. fancy. Yeah. And you've got uh you've got a resource that you've got to think about round to round. Yeah. And like I can earn them by taking down enemies or receiving healing from the cleric. I can I can spend them uh like in a less in a less efficient way to protect other people who are nearby me and that becomes a a consumable resource which you have to think about. Uh much in the same way that you would have per encounter or per day spells or consumable items. Yeah, the like we we struggled with this like when, when we've written uh, Spire and Heart like we have uh, a resisted endure as the two as the two passive skills and like they're okay and they come up like they they certainly crop up during play and because Spire is quite a uh, quite an active game NPCs don't make rolls or anything it's implied that when you succeed on an endure check something happens yes yeah you can substitute endure for an attack by treating it as though you're weathering their blows until yeah. an opening comes up and then smacking them in the face the dominant activity was enduring until you got your moment uh, on this stakeout I'm going to use endure plus chrome yeah. or endure plus order and that means that um, if I manage to stay awake all night I see something yeah, it's kind of like the siege, right? Like you, you're just mm. outlasting the person inside rather than actually fighting them. That's something which, which I've always, which I've always found kind of unsatisfying as a GM is is, is tank characters. It doesn't matter so much in uh, it, like in MMOs. There's no GM. I think I've complained about this on the podcast before. Most likely in in MMOs, there's no GM. So when you're the tank character, like this big massive motherfucker, like Bro, I'm gonna eat all your legs, and you go forward, and you're like try in these legs, big dog, and like the legs are made of iron or something, and you're not scared. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas in a role playing game where you go, oh, I'm gonna eat all your legs, and then one of your mates who you were trying to scare goes, I don't care, whatever. And there is something, there is like, there's the refusal to be scared, the refusal to to engage in the core gameplay loop of D and D, which is try not to get hit. Yeah. Other tank character, which is almost, it's almost like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I, I want everyone to be scared of being hit, please. I want that to be like, like the thing I can hold over their heads. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always the opportunity to leverage different threats, but I suppose so. but there's that, that's removing one core threat that everyone shares mm, with the tank, mm. and it is hard to make that as Mikey asked, like resisting and enduring things is in, as interesting and fun as hitting and lying mm. because it because of that passivity. Mm. You pro- okay? You probably won't get it. Probably won't make it as fun as lying because lying to people is, is in role playing games is the funnest thing you can do. It's great. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think that in terms of that consumable resource, that's that's one way. The other thing is thinking like the the endurance, the resistance shouldn't be the end of the conversation. So rather than if you think of it like a counter, mm-hmm. rather than rather than a block uh, in Assassin's Creed terms, for example, um, if you if you push the, the the counter button at the right time, you don't take any damage, and you turn you, you you turn the guy's attack around at him and stab him. That's much more interesting than no, I just don't take damage. I I, I held a right trigger and now I don't. Now I'm not bothered by anything that's happening to me. And so having the capacity to, when you are attacked, make an endure check. If you pass, you grab the guy's weapon and throw it out of his hand. Yeah. And letting the letting your endurance be something. So like, there's an increased risk there because like you might get hit in the hand uh, and, and and you hurt. Like you're opening yourself up for more damage. From there, you change the world rather than refuse to be changed yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the that, that's the, that's the thing you have to think about. You have to try and make it active. Either from a gameplay point of view or from a fictive point, a fictional point of view, how you can how you can move things forward rather than rather than just sitting still. Exactly. You got one more question for me? I think I might have one more question for you from Nathan, who says I'm running a cyberpunk one shot this weekend. Who is the mayor of Neo London in 2045? Cybermog. <laughs> Don't make it awful. Cybernetically uplifted child of Reese Mogg, whatever his name is, um, Perry Weather Fauntleroy Mogg. Um, he is, uh, like, like like at the end of Deus Ex Human Revolution, um, he has become uploaded to the cloud. <laughs> and now, um, and now he, uh, he, he puppets his father like a sort of lich. Just rides his rotting corpse. Go on, I'd kill him. Not the child, the Mogg, the, the older one. God, God, it makes me sick. <laughs> See, I was just thinking, like, a hologram of Tupac. Oh, that's nicer. How good would that be? I think that that Britain, while it certainly has its problems with, with class and race, I think that, like... Perhaps by 2045, like the populace as a whole, will be ready for a uh, for, for, for for a non-white. Uh, oh, sorry, it's the mayor. It's the mayor of, of London. Sorry, yeah, we've already yeah. got them. We've, we've, we've got we've got Sadiq Khan. Sorry, I was thinking of like the ruler of the UK. Yeah, we've got Sadiq Khan in, which is great. But I worry that a dead American mm-hmm. might have might have a challenge in winning the ballots. You know? Yeah, and also like we're not talking recently deceased here. No, he died in '92, didn't he? He did. Yes. Yeah. So that's what. Uh, 60 years? 70 years? That said, hologram technology will come along. It will come along quite a bit, yes. And I'd, I'd like to imagine that, like, he, like, he'll operate a bit like, like, uh, Hatsune Miku. And, like, <laughs> maybe, m- maybe he can just sort of appear in fountains. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> just, just too bad, like, lurking in a fountain. He also replaces all of the police. <laughs> They're all him. In Ryago. Don't drop that can. Hi, I'm Tupac. Who else? I mean, who else have we got that's that's already cyberpunk? Rimmer? Or another hologram? Yeah, that's true. Um, and honestly, fairly a, a fairly good mayor, I would have thought. Seems like a seems like a, a solid enough... Oh, Craig Charles. The ghost of Craig Charles. The ghost of Craig Charles. The digital ghost of Craig Charles. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Robert Llewellyn, but from Robot Wars, not Red Dwarf. Yeah, I'd like... I'd, 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 I want to see his face, thanks. Yeah. Get rid of that horrid plastic mask and just have him talk about electric cars for non We all agree not the cat, right? Or not, not Danny not John Danny Jules. John Jules no. I get the impression that Danny John Jules does not have my best interests at heart and I couldn't tell you why. No, he's just a bit scary. He's a bit, isn't he? Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's vaguely threatening. I don't know what that is. He's quite a good dancer. I saw him on that dancing programme on BBC at Christmas. Oh, is he? Good. I think it was Christmas. Yeah, I'm glad. But, glad I mean, he was good in Red Dwarf at dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's have a think. Let's have a think. So it's not it's not the Mog Child. 
It's not Tupac. It's not only one from Red Dwarf. <laughs> we are running out of people. Billie Eilish. I mean, she'll be old enough then. Mm-hmm. Actually, she's old enough now. Is she? Well, she's like 19. Oh, okay. I thought you had to be in your mid-40s. Okay, maybe. But yes, she'll be old enough then, maybe. I mean, from from, from, from the content of her music, she's already given up. Ooh. Ooh. Because I've never actually heard a full Billie Eilish song. What does they're, it sound like? They're quite good. They're very sad. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Sad's probably the wrong word. Depressive. Yeah. Yeah, everyone... Like, she doesn't seem to be making happy music for teens. No. Why is... I, I, rem- I remember back in my day. I remember... We used to have that Tink Tang While I'm a Loving Bang song. We used to have Aqua. Yeah, we had Barbie Girl. We had Steps. We had Cotton Eye Joe. Fun songs for kids, you know? <laughs> and sure, the radio heads were around. And we could listen to them whenever we wanted. We wanted to, but that wasn't what we wanted. We wanted to have S Club 7 and Bewitched. <laughs> Bewitched? B-Star Witched. We wanted this fun, happy music for teens who were young and full and vibrant and full of life. And now, oh, these teens are even sadder than I am. And I'm on medication. Yeah. I'm just like in a music video, just like it's grey and it's sad. And she's in a little like go-kart going down a hill. <laughs> and it's really odd. Is that I, true? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's, little go-kart. It's so strange. But like... It, it's like one of those little plastic cars. Mm. Oh, I just can't. Oh, all of steps. All That's of steps. The, yeah, H, the, the Claire, H, Claire, and the others. The others I can't remember. <laughs> Memorable. Um, as as they die, their consciousnesses are uploaded to Claire. Let's be honest here; it'll just be Claire. Um, who are um, and like and like 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 she becomes more and more intelligent and more and more insane. How about on um, that theme, the remaining fragments of the Spice Girls? Mm, okay, okay. Who who do we reckon's going to survive? Oh, I think I think honestly, like three fingers and an ear. <laughs> I reckon Mel C could get through an apocalypse. Which one's that? Uh, Sporty Spice. Oh, absolutely, yeah. She's scrappy, she's resourceful, she's fit. That works for me. I, I'd like. She looks like she can throw a punch. Posh Spice, already dead in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, she don't may very well be. She, she, she could have died several years ago, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mel B, she's got, she's got Wasteland... Like, she's bringing big Tina Turner energy. Yeah, absolutely, but... From Mad Max. But she seems like a problem, like, to herself. That? Her almost enemy. Mm. Mm. And I don't think that's really what gets you into politics. I believe Jerry was already... A very rich father quite, is what gets you into politics. Jerry was already quite old during the Spice Girls time, at least as far as pop stars are concerned. Yes. So I'm concerned about her age uh, surviving. But then again, we can just use the same two-pack technology to have her appear in fountains. Hi, don't drop that can. I'm Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> so it's Jerry Halliwell and two-pack. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Yes, yes. The uh, the the two-pack Halliwell ticket. <laughs> Oh, let's Tupac Hallowell 2045 Hashtag Don't drop that can <laughs> Thank you for writing in Nathan Should we move on? I just I just imagine the, the, These like Flickering holograms Like leering Over like Tower Bridge Or something And they're yeah, staring like, like down Blade Runner style And it just says Tupac and Hallowell For, for corporal penance <laughs> Like What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> The primary means of survival for serfs. <laughs>
Sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> Sponsored by Old Coke. Mmm, yes. The Coke you remember. Not this new shape-shifting Pepsi, which you can't understand. <laughs> Not the Coke that's accessible now. No, the old Coke from before. Like you remember. You know, the one you can't get anymore. Not the one which wrestles your tongue into strange Kama Sutra-style <laughs> positions. <laughs> Not this nano-enhanced Coke, which will tear your tongue out your fucking head. Long poster. Not this Coke, which comes stored on a PlayStation UMD. (laughs) Not this Coke you can plug into a Dreamcast controller. Anyway. (laughs) Not this Coke you put into the top of a game game, which lets you watch TV. (laughs) Jigga-jigga-jigga-jigga-jigga-jigga-jigga-jingle. Did you ever want a game to exist? Data Witch writes in, Eat those dice! A game show game. (laughs) We've all had dice, which we think look delicious. There is a trend for board game and art role-playing accessories to look real tasty. Yeah, there is. There, I'm not entirely sure what it is. Uh, I, I guess it's because it looks like like berries. Some do look like berries or delicious Jolly Ranchers. And they have and they have they have the glisten. Like as humans, we are we are we are uh, drawn towards glistening, glinting things, because that's that looks like uh, like fresh running water, which is good for us. Mm-hmm. It's less likely to have diseases in it. And the um, numerals. Sorry. And the numerals. Uh, numerals are good because uh, numbers are the one constant amongst all universes, and in an effort to attack and dethrone God, we must eat them. And also, they're good for your gallbladder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, God, I remember, do you remember we were at Gen Con, and there was that store called Game Candy, and it sold delicious-looking counters, none of which were candy. Yes. It's like, baby, baby, you're in America. This is lawsuit town. Yeah, somebody's going to just eat that. And you're going to get sued. I've already eaten six, but I'm not a resident. I don't think I can sue. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at a uh, very nice dice here, which Chris got me, actually. The mm-hmm. uh, the Escher dice from Necromunda. A lovely purple and yellow number, which looks like it looks like if I, if I were to unwrap it, it would contain a delicious praline. Oh, a praline. Mmm. Praline? Praline. Prolapse. No. Nope. So the desire to eat dice is is imperative. And I think that we need to get our, our urges out in a safe, controlled way. A lot like the way that when, when we roleplay, we're, we're working through some stuff a lot of the time. You know? We're learning, we're growing as people. Yeah, and like I will say that after, I'm going to say, three sessions of roleplay, it's pretty clear to understand what everyone's kink is, even if you haven't had kinky roleplay. Yeah. Like, that's going to that's gonna come out, especially if, like, if like the character insists on wearing a toilet seat around their neck at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so... So what I'm so the important thing is you do not actually eat the dice. Okay. Do not eat the. They're not good for you. Like a D four could do you serious harm if that ended up in your intestinal tract. Mm-hmm. And D sixes you could probably like most D sixes you probably eat just fine. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not good. So you get a sort of a like you're, you're just going to be putting them down your top. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris. It's just hungry, hungry hippos. That's what I've got. See, what I was thinking was a sort of. Generation game star thing. Okay. And, you know, you know they had that, like, 
like silly games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like, like, like we had they had to do something despite not having the skill. Yeah, um, and yeah. the skill here is consuming your body weight in dice. Um, so you have a scale with a <laughs> barrel on it. <laughs> okay. And the barrel is filled with dice. Mm-hmm. And then two 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 contestants or more mm-hmm. stand in a line with their own barrels, and the buzzer goes off. And you have to eat as many dice as possible. The person who's gotten the barrel to weigh the least at the end mm. gets to pick from one of ten mystery boxes. Ooh. Are they also full of dice? No, one of them is. Eat them. You produce a gun. One, one of the them has a, an actually good prize. And Ooh. the rest are just empty. Okay. And I just, I cannot wait to see the face of the person who's just consumed, consumed over a kilogram of dice, <laughs> open an empty box and be told to go home. Look, man, we've been sued by Noel Edmonds before. I can't take that again. <laughs> That's true. That was harrowing. They took yeah. your dog. Did, did came, so he came around the house. Mm. He, he opened a briefcase and then put my dog in it. <laughs> and then chained it to his wrist. Yeah, weird guy. Weird guy. Yeah. I like this. I think I think we can push it more high concept. So rather than a combination of generation game and deal is no deal, uh, sorry, deal or no deal, we go to uh, who wants to be a millionaire. But it's okay. called who wants to. It's called who wants to eat a million dice. <laughs> and every round, you're given a, like Chris Tarrant's there. Is it still Chris Tarrant? I don't know. Is it still on the TV? Let's assume yes and yes. Chris Tarrant's there, and he leans forward, and like round one, d six, fine, whatever. Not like down and like uh, round two, two d ten, that sort of thing. But you've also got you can you can phone a friend. You can tell you if he can give you encouragement whilst you're eating the dice. You get through this, buddy. You get through this. You can you can you can ask the audience whether they think it's a good idea. <laughs> uh, you can go you can go fifty fifty where where half the dice are thrown away. No, they just Seconds. cut all the dice you've got in half. Well, I suppose which would make them sharper but easier to swallow. Exactly. Um, and then the fourth one. <laughs> What was the fourth one? Just phone a friend, ask the audience, 50-50, and you just, uh, oh, yeah, uh, you, you, you go onto the roof and fire a signal flare into the night sky above London and see what happens. <laughs> it's truly beautiful, and you're touched, but for a moment, <laughs> and then you return to the quiz. <laughs> no, uh, we'll remove that one and replace it with a lovely, refreshing glass of water. <laughs> Milk. Oh, now listen, listen. You're gonna want that water soon. Like that water's like that water's like by the time you hit round four, and I will again. There's no cash prize. I cannot stress <laughs> this enough. It's about eating the dice. There is no reward. As well, eating dice is its own reward. I hope. But um, you're gonna want to hold on to that glass of water for a while. So like, so like, wait until. Honestly, I'd wait until the last round. Wait until I you also... think you're about to die. Yeah, very much. And then, and then that'll 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 give you. I'll give you the uh, the. I'm just imagining feeling them all shift around in my tummy. I don't like. Oh it. God! They're all in like a horrid conga line in your colon. <laughs> like upsetting. Now, now listen. This is not a very nice subject, but I think it would feel quite cool to poop a load of d20s. <laughs> Think of the noise! Right? Think of the noise of 600 dice cascading Critical into hit. a porcelain bowl. I th- Yeah, I think eating enough... Eating a million dice would kill you, but that's um, that's all part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 600, you, you'd live, probably. Oh, 600, yeah, but a million, because that is the name of the... I've, maybe it's like he wants to eat a million dice, and like you get to come back the next week if you don't die. You have to, until you've eaten a million dice. <laughs> Who wants to eat a million dice? It even you have to. 
have to. I'm Chris Tarrington. I have a gun. <laughs> this isn't even on telly. This is in a warehouse for my own sexual pleasure. Noel Edmonds opens the briefcase a little bit to reveal your dog and then closes it again. <laughs> I don't like how he's been calling it his sex briefcase. That is weird. Um, I don't think he has sex with the dog. No, he has sex with the briefcase. Uh, okay, the dog. It's just that he's the yeah, only okay. one you've got and you needed a way uh, to carry yeah. the dog. That's fair. Okay. Well, fine. So yeah, that's my um that's my <laughs> that's my, my bid there. It's who wants to eat a million dice, a dystopian nightmare in which you are trapped by Chris Tarrant and Noel Edmonds and forced to eat a million dice and you can at one point phone your dad. <laughs> oh, actually actually mm-hmm. keep keep all of that just in a small room that fills up with dice. Right. So if you don't want to drown in dice, then you've got to eat them. Uh, I worry that you're not really gonna make enough of an impact. And also, the dice will still very importantly be in the room. Yes, but you'll have a like. There's only a set amount of dice that go in that fill the that fills the space. Right, I see. Okay. So as long as you're and... enough, you can kind of survive in there as they force in more and more. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> force in as the as the room vibrates, shuffling side to side, like 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 in one of those paint mixing chambers, <laughs> like it's settling concrete. Yeah, and there's a guy, there's a guy just on the roof with a stick down a tube, just hammering more dice in. <laughs> it's, it's an upturned mop, <laughs> and he is in Hoffer's full got view. Stuck again. Like there's not, they're not even hiding it. It's a glass room. Yeah. Yeah, you can see from it. It's, it's 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 like it's basically that David Blaine stunt he did. What? Where 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 he was suspended in a glass box? Yes. Okay. I'm thinking. What? Hang on. Shit. What what did he do with what did that idiot do with dice this time? It's basically that, that the David Blaine stunt he did, where he ate a million dice in front of Chris Tarrant. <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it, sheeple? Didn't film it. <laughs> he insisted it wasn't filmed. Yeah. God, I'm really glad he stopped doing stuff. Isn't it great? Oh, yeah, we, don't have to, was... we don't have to go, oh, he's doing another bloody thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hope he's okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, he did that thing He did that thing where he wanted to get shot in the mouth quite a bit. Mm. Was, was it a... Darren Brown? No, I think that was that was, that was Chiboy. Oh, okay. I, like, he, he probably just bothered people with guns <laughs> rather than getting it properly set up. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he just went on the streets. Yeah. It's, it's, isn't he, like, really sick now? I would assume so. Yeah, like uh, like after all the things he did, all those dice he ate, all those bullets he took in the mouth, um, all that time he spent underwater without air. A terrible plan. You need air, David. It's good for you. What's your What's your pitch? So my pitch is okay. No, has suggested scar tissue, a game of war medics with far too many horns. Yep. I am dead excited to play a game where you are a crack elite and crack unit. And elite. In the, and elite. In the trenches. Trying to save everyone. However, you are accompanied at all times by an entire Scar Band. Including the Dancing Man. Absolutely. Yeah, the Dancing Man's crucial. Essentially what it is, is it's try not to get shot the game. Just imagining, imagining the delicious juxtaposition of fucking full Dolce et decorum style. This guy's legs off, and all you've got is morphine and a bit of rope. Yeah. You know, enigma, and like Enigma Variations comes in, and there's pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, <laughs> kicks in, and it's like it's loud and distorted. Oh yeah, I mean, like it, it, the only time it's ever drowned out is when a shell impacts nearby. The 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 blessed uh, relief of the impact <laughs> of a shell, and then your ears just. And then that just segues beautifully into just. Just a really overblown trumpet. Mm. <laughs> e- 
excellent use of the word overblown. Thank you. That's delicious. Um, so, hmm. Are you envisaging this as a computer game? Is this a tabletop role-playing game? So I think I, I think it could work as a tabletop game, but what I actually want it to be is a video game. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, baby, baby, sky's the limit. Let's go. So I want it to be a video game because I, what I want is is a. I want it to use the Metal Gear Solid engine. Really? Yeah. Okay. I want it. I want it to be that sort Fox of level. Engine. Right. And it's a stealth game because obviously, like, you're on the. <laughs> Well, you're on the front lines, right? There's bullets going everywhere. You don't want to get noticed. You're a medic. Yeah. However, you are at all times surrounded by your honor guard wearing checked pants, spiky the hair. Madness is there. No, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking more like the like, sort like of scar band you get out of Portland. Right. Okay. Yeah. Little hats. Little hats. Yeah. That sort okay. of thing. Okay. Um, and they're there, just really, really popping on the old trumpets, answering their phones, <laughs> that sort of stuff. But everything else is grim, grimy World War Two, World War One, World War. I think World War One's the best. The best. Um, <laughs> That's my uh, favourite war, certainly. Well, okay, so there's fewer theatres of war. Yeah. In World War One, but this, like, I quite like the idea. Like, maybe it's like a side scroll, and you're going along the trench. No, no, no. I want it to be full three D, full VR. Because then, if it's full three D, you can you can accidentally like badly control your character and walk out of a trench into no man's land. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So does the scar band do like do the cherry popping daddies or what have you? And also, like, man, we get so much licensed music for a fucking song. Oh, it's, it's going to sound like a yeah. fucking Tony Hawk's game in here. Yeah, but like, but like, scar is so cheap now. No one likes it anymore. Yeah. And like, and like, I'm sure we could get the actual bands to star if needs be. Yeah, you know? just do full mocap on them. <laughs> now, my question to you mm-hmm. is: What if, rather than the Scar Band being a like a straight negative, there's something which you can upgrade, which helps you do the medicine? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, the Scar Band is upgradable in certain ways, which is um, mm-hmm. more horns, mm-hmm. less guitars. More more checkery shoes, more dancing guys. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. As, as I think we've we've found out to our to our chagrin, there's no upper limit to the size of a scar band. No, there isn't, is there? There is absolutely not. They can have sixty people on stage. They're all in the band. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Fine. Okay. And obviously, each one of those is technically a point of armor. Ah, I see a plate of armor. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep I replacing your okay. scar band as they die, and that's mm. like that's that's where you get the human cost of life during. During war, because obviously you're quite good at fixing people. Uh, right, yeah, right, right. right. Um, and obviously okay. you can upgrade your, your medicking. Yeah, you can get like more morphine, a better saw, bigger syringe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, a uh, two uh, foot uh, serrette of morphine. A, more, a oh. more shiny mirror for your head. Can I just can I just pause for a minute just so we can talk about what serrettes are? Yeah, sure. I, I apologize to anybody who does not like injections and stuff, but serrettes scare the crap out of me. While um, a you know, a, a, a vaccination or something is done with this very, very clean, very medical instrument. A serrette looks like a tube of super glue, and you put it in. You squeeze the toothpaste-like end, mm. and then pull it out and throw it away. It's like a one-shot syringe, isn't it's it? It's a one-shot syringe. I think they're great, and they're meant to be used in in places like battle, like emergencies. Mm. So they're not subtle things. No, and I hate them. I hate everything about them. There's no redeeming ampoule? feature to them. What's the difference between an ampoule and a serrette? Uh, an ampoule is um, a glass vial type thing. Like oh, it's a, and, and, and like you draw out of an ampoule. 
No, no, no. But I believe an ampule is sealed. Okay, you swallow them. Uh, no, no, no. Um, poppers. When you break right, the top of the right, glass right, bit right, at the right, top right, off. Right, right. Okay. I believe that's, that's an ampule. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I'm sure someone will tell us in the chat. Very good smelling salts. That's a, that's another upgrade. So, so, so you've got a bunch of serrets around you. You've got um, and like bigger and bigger serrets, like 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 a full tube of Colgate. Yeah, yeah. And the artillery of syringes. Mm. You've also got artillery you could upgrade. I mean, a tank, mm. scar tank. It's all horns. I wish I knew more Scar songs than just the cover of Take On Me. Because I can't think... And that isn't even a Scar song, really. What you want to do is start... And then just go nuts with trumpet noises. Yeah, yeah, That sounds more like... That sounds Perfect like circus. Scar. That sounds like circus, man. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay. You've got, you've got your swarm of boys around you. You've got more and more members of the Scar band. The better, the better you do, the more um, newspaper coverage you get, which means you get more money from the war office. Mm-hmm. A series of of of, um, of important mustachioed men who give you more money for morphine and um, pork pie hatted men. So, one of the top tier upgrades, top of a very right. specific tree for the Scar Band. Teach the Scar Band German. <laughs> Get a German phrase book. You get them a German phrase book. <laughs> get they some now German sing language all trumpets. of their songs in German. Ah. Which which has a twofold effect. First off, you can yeah. go out. You can now start really going behind enemy lines because they think because yeah. they're going to think you're one of their scar bands. Yeah, that's his own Just these two scar bands passing in no man's land because they're medics. And you know, you know, on Christmas Day. <laughs> On Christmas Day, the, the shelling stopped and the scar bands went and had a dance-off in the middle of no man's land. The skanking began. <laughs> <laughs> but also, also, yeah, also, also the, the Germans are going to stop and listen to the scar band. Yeah. If it's in German. Yeah. They're not going to go, well, this is clearly propaganda. They're going to go, well, this is an interesting song about fish. I will, I will also say, so like, I, I, was, I wasn't considering that like, that, like, your side would be listening to, um, you know, the Brits or the... Yeah, yeah, you've got bards there, my friend. So let's think, so, so we'll go with the Brits. And, and like, they, they might be inspiring in, in, in some way. I actually wasn't considering the effect of the scar on your boys. But you've got to remember, this is like 1912. It's going to blow their minds. All they've got is like is like is like slow paced vaudeville music, I yeah. presume. Banjos mainly. I don't know. Yeah, they got music hall. I mean, that's proto scar. That yeah. I mean, that is how it's often described. <laughs> and so the Germans are going to be really lured. In. Maybe it's like a propaganda tool. Interesting. So whilst healing the sick, can you convert them? This this I mean that seems like a completely different game as well. But I really like the idea. Oh, no, I will, of, like, I really want to crowbar into this one. No no so, sorry sorry like sorry it's like it's, it's a different vibe. I'm thinking rather than like the top upgrade, that's like the last third of the game. Okay. You know you you remember how in um in uh, Shadow of Shadow of Mordor. Yep. The, the game where you play a sort of ghost Aragorn. The last, I guess in the last third of the game, you get the ability to enslave orcs. Okay. Do you remember when you played it? Do you remember? No. It was um, a very forgettable game. Oh, no, we had fun with it. Don't, don't, don't talk it down. The, the sequel was poor. 
but you go and you 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 put you put your hand on their on on, on their forehead and you, you, you and you like you, you you take control of them and they fight on your side it's brainwashing right um and then you sort of build your own orc army who uh, who fight the existing orcs and then you can sort of do that it's it's quite interesting like it raises some difficult questions about fucking slavery because that is what you're doing yeah. but it's mechanically it's quite interesting but i'm thinking it it, it operates in those terms so like for the, for like for the second half like final third of the game you like you find the uh, the English to German scar translation book. <laughs> the trombone of branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those German language trumpets, <laughs> hand them out to your scar boys. And, and then, is this an Austrian saxophone? <laughs> they, they, they're running around with those fucking elf horns. <laughs> um, I you know what? No one's running around with an elf horn. No, they are big. <laughs> Yeah, dragging it through the mud and muck in no man's land while Seafreaks just as write something sad about it. That's like that's just that's a new mechanic. So like at that point, you go from just repairing your own boys to sneaking into German lines mm-hmm. and uh and there's like there's some poor some poor Jerry's been shot in the guts and he's bleeding out and you're there trying to trying to push his trying to push his entrails back in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I want to go home and see my mother. I said, don't worry, don't worry, it's fine. It's fine, old boy. Listen, listen to Suggs. <laughs> just, just, just tucking two tickets to Real Big Fish into his top pocket before you leave. <laughs> Dropping a saucy wink. <laughs> see, uh, see you with the music hall, Jenny. I'll see you at Milton Keynes on the 9th, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You know what I mean? Delicious, Christopher. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. I think that's our game. I think Scar Tissue is. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's gorgeous. I think yeah. it's musical. I think we. It's going to be the next Tony Hawk. Can we have a DLC where we put in the Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a Scar cover of Scar Tissue? Yes. Great. Thank you. And also, that changes nothing else in the game, but changes the soundtrack to classical music. So absolutely nothing else changes. That guy, st- the dancer, is still really giving it some to a different beat, but it's Moonlight Sonata. I was really hoping you'd get a full orchestra. <laughs> no, that's extra. You pay Actually, again for that. <laughs> come to think of it, not like never mind the whole sort of a scar version of um, of scar tissue. There's DLC where instead of the scar band, you get the red hot chili peppers. In that gold and silver makeup they did for one of their videos. Okay, sounds good. And they're just yeah. freaking out. Actually, that's great. You can just stick any band in here. Yeah, any sort of out of work band. What was that? Who was that woman who did the the plinkety plonkety song where she's on a piano? Vanessa Carlton. Vanessa Carlton. Just the, the piano following you, just bouncing Shur- over, churning up mud. Yeah, and just shells in, in ricocheting holes and shell craters. Can we give her one of the uh, like like one of the sort of dishpan helmets as well? I, I Absolutely. Think she's quite good in that. Yeah. Bill Clinton yeah, on the saxophone yeah. following you. Not really a musician per se, but okay. No, but it's still more, DLC. More of a politician. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can get anyone. I mean, I, I, I think Bill's sort of busy enough at the moment. He's, he's got stuff on. I like think speaking he, I think most of these people technically have stuff on. Obviously not the scar bands, but everyone yeah. else. Or Vanessa Carlton. Little, little Katie Tunstall. Katie Tunstall, G- that's perfect. Give her a knife and some dynamite, throw her behind enemy lines, it'd be great. <laughs> I'll knock your fucking teeth in, pal! <laughs> I'm Katie Tunstall and I've got a taste for the blood! 
I can't, I can't wait to play this. Oh, gr- oh, like, like this isn't this isn't just one game. This, 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 this is a fucking like this. This is this is going to be the the flagship line for the PS5. I see. Absolutely, launch think, yeah. title. Yeah, we'll get it done by yeah. then. Absolutely, yeah. We'll we'll, 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 we'll just we'll just fucking reskin Hitman or something. It can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah, Hitman. it's basically just Gears of War. <laughs> it's identical. <laughs> Instead of chainsaws, you got trumpets. 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 Thank you for listening to Hearty Nice Friends. Our game this week is Scar Tissue, a game of Scar War Medics. If you've enjoyed this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Nice Friends and give us some money. Uh, or you can rate and review us on iTunes. We have 15 reviews really? on iTunes. That That's does, amazing. That doesn't exist anymore. I believe we have 15, but I'm hungry for more. <laughs> he wants Grant some. is hungry for review. Now, it's got to be a five-star review. Otherwise, it literally doesn't count, it seems. Yeah, because cause we live we live in a, in a very strange environment now where you can be five stars or dead. Someone someone gave one of my free role-playing games a two-star review on DroveThru. I'm like, oh, do you want me to starve to death? <laughs> Is that it? Do you want me to die? I don't care. If you didn't enjoy it, don't fucking say anything. <laughs> How much do you hate me? Amazon will find out. <laughs> Bezos will come around here and <laughs> take my sandwich out of my mouth. To get. Put it in his briefcase next to my dog. Um, you can come, uh, go along to Patreon, give us some money, come and join the Discord. Lovely place. Uh, if you've got anything you want to talk to us about, you know where to find us, baby. It's cool. You can track us down. It's not too hard. It's really uh, any not. final words? None. Cool. Okay. Lots of love. Stay safe. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>